I'm Dustin. And I'm Aaron. And this is the Baron's Hideout Podcast. Just want to take a few seconds to let you guys know where you can find us. You can find us on our socials at Twitter, which is just the BHO underscore podcast. And Aaron, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me on Instagram. Uh, my handle is um, one two E. And he's also on Twitter as and well. I'm also on Twitter as well. And you can also find us on Instagram, which is just the Baron's Hideout underscore podcast. We are also on TikTok, mainly for promotional reasons. We are not on there that much, but if you do want to go over there, it's just the BHO underscore podcast. And if you want to join these podcasts live, we stream every Saturday in between 8 and 9 p.m. on Twitch. And that's just twitch.tv slash hideout underscore podcast. And you can also find us on YouTube for our archives if you wish to not have to uh, partake in live portions or have to go and subscribe there you guys can find us on youtube which is just the baron's hideout underscore podcast also sell we do um, we have a teespring store where we make t-shirts hats mugs books. also and one last thing if you guys wish to support us the best way to do that is to go onto our patreon and that's just the baron's hideout underscore podcast you get early access to video and audio formats of every episode and that's just one dollar a month i'd like to thank you guys so much for listening this is dustin please enjoy the show stay spooky I'm your host, Dustin. And I'm your co-host, Aaron. Oh, this is like our third time trying to do this Take intro. Three. And um, I don't know, for some reason, I kept messing it up. So uh, a little bit of uh, bloopers there for you guys. But today, we are going to be covering Maniac Cop. And as Aaron was reading my notes, I accidentally put <laughs> Manic Cop. <laughs> so I was writing my notes in a long day of work. And I've got an A in it. As I was reading and watching the movie, I still typed Manic Cop. So Manic. I guess this movie is going to be forever known to me as Manic Cop. Manic Cop. Um, this was also Aaron's first viewing of the film. Sure was. And um, before we get into all of it, if you want to give like a, a little bit of um, a first-timer's watch, how, how do you like this movie? Um, well, first of all, it has Bruce Campbell in it. Um, so, uh, it's gotta be a good, um, but I mean, it's got a good story to it and a good, nice concept. It's a little different. Yeah. Larry Cohen was, um, always very straightforward with what he did. Um, we also did another movie of his, um, the stuff Mm -hmm. we did another, that we did that last year during our um yeah you can tell because it had that like kind of supernatural type almost because it's like and it's almost it's very vague too because it doesn't give you a lot of backstory well it does but it doesn't um yeah it's like how did he um you know become so strong and like you know what i mean is he a zombie um, or what 
That's another thing that Larry does. He puts like a lot of like social commentary and like political stuff in his films, and you yep. can definitely see it in here. I mean, we're dealing with cops here. Oh yeah. Um. Yep. And like you can see a lot of the uh, satire. Right? Yeah. And before we go into like all the other stuff, I just want to get some other stuff out of the way. I just wanted Aaron to kind of give a rundown of uh, like his first time watch. But we have a couple of things that's kind of um, new that I want everybody to kind of pay attention to. That my uh, fiance actually picked up on through her TikTok and stuff. So she carried it over to me. And as you can see, we have a bunch of stuff on our screen right now. Um, this twisted allure. It's like um, they're pretty much um, like a, a self um, business. Like they're they're one entity. It's like one person that runs it all. And I've been using their products a lot. I need to get Aaron some because it is fucking great. And Nikita smelt all the stuff, and it's so high quality. It's ridiculous. And it's pretty cheap. It's all like vegan free. You know, like not tested on animals, which we all love. Oh yes. You know. Um. So I have a bunch of new stuff we got. We got this one. It's called Gummy Bear Guts that I used today. It's really good. It is scented um, mango, lime, peach, and oranges. So it's kind of like a girly, girly thing. I tried it out to see if I liked it. Um, we have another one that she got, which is um, black coconut, which kind of just says it in, in itself. It's uh, mahogany woods uh, mixed with creamy coconut and warm vanilla. So that one I have not tried. I, I imagine it's probably like a feminine scent, too. Mm-hmm. And then um, this one spray that I got that I'm obsessed with, it's um, off of the Christmas line that's called Evil Nutcracker, and it smells like graham crackers, um, vanilla frosting, and cream caramel. Um, Aaron has sprayed some. It just smells, it smells so good. It lasts all day, too. Huh. And another really cool thing is every time you get something, they give you like free soaps and stuff. So you can like, do trials and stuff. But that's just something I want to kind of... Uh... Wait, that wasn't a gummy that you just gave me? Did you eat it? No. <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> uh, does it taste good? Fruity. Fruity? Oh, okay. Let's let me know if you start like, puking later. Okay. So um, that's going on that we're kind of working on the background to see if maybe we can get like an official sponsor from them. Because right now we're part of a part like a partnership program. And on the bottom of our screen and also in all of our links and everything, I have the actual link that will give you guys 10% off. And the code that's at the bottom of our screen for our audio listeners, it's um, just the B-H-O, um, that's all capitals, underscore, capital P, and then the rest of it's lowercase, this is podcast. And that will give you 5% off. So that's um, something that's really cool. And also, that 5%, I think, also goes to us. So it's another way to kind of support us while also supporting, you know, a small business that usually sells out a lot of their stuff, which is pretty good. But enough of that. I just wanted to kind of put that in the front of the show before we get into this really, really entertaining uh, film. But um, Aaron, if you want to get into the details of it. Yeah, if you want to go right into IMDb and um, let us know what went on. All right. Well, as you know, this movie is written by Larry Cohen Mm -hmm. and directed by William Lustig or Lustig. Lustig, yeah. He's also done a lot of shit, too. Um, and as we mentioned before, Bruce Campbell is in this movie, but movie... and Tom Atkins, mm-hmm. he's also a very, very big one. Movie came out in 1988, and their description is: a killer dressed in a police uniform begins murdering innocent people in the streets of New York City. Um, that pretty much sums it up. Sometimes IMDb is very hit yeah. or miss with like what they're doing, but that's a pretty good I mean, uh, description. Yeah. Um, and like you said, the plot's kind of straightforward too, but yeah. it makes it easy to watch. Um, but yeah, um, and the same people are being brutally murdered on the streets of New York City by a uniformed police officers. The death toll rises, and City Hall attempts to cover up. Frank McRae is um, heads the investigation. A young cop, Jack Forrest, or Bruce Campbell, finds himself under arrest as the chief suspect, having been the victim of a setup by the real killer, a mysterious woman phone caller. But, um, but yeah, uh, movie's rated R, of course. Yeah, it has to be rated R. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I couldn't have it any other way. This this movie is very brutal right off the bat, mm-hmm. and we'll get into that. But uh, fun fact, uh, Bruce Campbell and Robert Zadar have both had the nickname The Chin. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Um, Robert Zadar unfortunately passed away, I think, in 2015. Mm-hmm. He was uh, 67, I believe. Mm-hmm. But this was like his, his biggest... Well, this whole franchise is really like his big um, 
uh, come to fame, you know, and like mm-hmm. what everybody really knows him for. I think he does a great job. I mean, um, I think he did some other stuff. I'm not 100% sure, but I think he also did music and stuff. I think he was a singer. Mm-hmm. I could be wrong about that. But, um, yeah, do we have any uh, box office stuff on there or anything? Yeah. I know sometimes IMDb does. Ah, here we go. Yes, the budget was $1,100,000. Okay. Um, and it grossed $671,382 between the U.S. and Canada. Okay, so this movie kind of bombed, which huh. kind of sucks, because, like, this is a movie that a lot of people, and, like, even a franchise, like, a lot of people really like it to yeah. the day, but that seems to be, like, the... Maybe it was, like, the political, like, the whole, like, yeah. police, you know, brutality, like, type, mm-hmm. you know, of black humor or dark humor. Yeah, like, I can... You, you can watch this today and like you can really put it to like what's going on nowadays especially here in the u.s mm-hmm. that's going like going on it's been going on for the past couple of years or even longer than that but more during the past couple of years is like kind of came to late but um yeah it's fucking nuts um any rotten tomatoes mm, or anything like that see what the the critics and people like us were rating it I have a feeling it's probably not going to be that high, but uh, who knows? I'm going to guess that... (laughs) I'm going to guess that uh, the critics are probably giving it, like, a 60. And then, like, the um, Bella score will probably be, like, 70. That's that's my guess. Let's see. Damn, your internet must suck. Is my internet really, like, cutting out right now? I'm going to try using it on mine. Oh, wait, yours is an Xfinity Wi-Fi, is it? No, that's why. Is it? That's the first one. Oops. Technical difficulties. Hold on. I'm going to get it up right now. Yeah. So. Maniac, not manic. <laughs> Maybe it's my stupid phone. That's okay. It's not a smartphone. Oh my god. Oh, oh here we go. go. I got it. Oh, you did? Yeah. Most okay. of it. Um, the tomato meter. Oh, shit. This is 15 way... reviews. 53%. What? 53? Wow, that's a lot lower than I thought it was going to be. I was being, I guess, kind of genuine. Genuous. Oh, yeah. Audience score, 5,000 plus ratings, 40%. Oof. We, you know, what we should do just for an episode is just, like, go back to some of our old... Uh, movies that we reviewed and mm-hmm. read like reviews that other people have written on Rotten Tomatoes and to see how ridiculous they are. Right. We should do that. That would be that'd be fun. Let's see. It's too often a routine 80s genre piece straight down to the synthesizer score. <laughs> Overlit yeah. night punk scenes uh scenes and bandana sporting street punks. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's definitely a trope. Um, its execution sits perched well above its scummy aim, and the end result is that you feel guilty for wishing for something more perverted. <laughs> okay, I guess. A sturdy slasher flick that laces its splattery slangs with some anti establishment undertones. That's interesting. A fairly involving B programmer. Doesn't get more ro- uh, royal on the B list than Bruce Campbell and Tommy Atkins. These guys are geek legends, and they deliver here in Maniac Cop. Oh, for sure, they definitely yeah. carry the whole movie. Like I could see how it could rub some people the wrong way, and like, like I did, like it is, it was enjoyable to watch. It's easy to watch, mm-hmm. but like, um, you know, I mean, I guess the concepts could is a little not cheesy, but a little bit. But it's, it's I still a Larry Cohen film too. Yeah, like, all of his movies are like this. But I like the uh, like like I said, the satire, and mm-hmm. you know, and also unfortunately, I think it's a good representation of today. Honestly, yeah, <laughs> definitely. And we lost Larry Cohen a couple years mm-hmm. back too, which is super sad. Like that's somebody I would have loved to have met at a convention or something. Like one day, I really want to meet Joe Dante. Now he does his own podcast, and he does like a lot of. Um, actually, I don't even know if he goes to conventions anymore, but that's that's definitely one that I want to meet. Is Joe Dante and Mick Garris are like my top two that I really want to meet oh, yeah. eventually. Um, but uh, I guess with further ado, we can jump right into Maniac, Maniac Cop. There's someone out there. Hey! No one knows his name. 
No one knows his face. Oh, no. But now, the most terrifying man in the city carries a badge. Head was unstable and there was a deceleration injury. His in your old hanging. You really think a cop did this? Why not? Would you automatically assume that it was a police officer instead of some lunatic dressed up like a cop? Fight squad. He'll kill again. He enjoys killing. He strikes without cause, without mercy. He may be getting information from inside the department. That means he is one of us. You see a cop, you cross to the other side of the street. You're not gonna get me. Everybody who wants to shoot a cop nowadays has got one hell of an excuse. This one is my personal life, any of your business. Since your wife was found dead in the motel room. You gotta be wrong. You wanna see the pretty picture? Hold on, I, I didn't do any of this. When a cop turns killer, you have the right to remain silent forever. Maniac Cop. So, I actually really enjoy these opening scenes. Um, we don't really get a lot of scenes like this in the horror, um, yeah, like sphere. It's more of like a, an action or like a drama of like um someone like getting suited up, getting and ready in the morning, shots, yep, and stuff. We don't really get a lot of that in horror. Um, the only way you would do or that even anymore at all. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm trying to think. There was a couple of films. Um, I think they were kind of like that in like the early 2000s that may have had like opening shots of this. Yep. Uh, I mean, I guess you could probably go all the way back to saying, well, Texas Chainsaw Massacre kind of had something like this, but like the, the photographs being taken in mm-hmm. the beginning. But this is completely different because it's somebody like really like getting themselves ready or yep. with like nothing in the background, not really much context, but you know what's going on. Yeah. You can see the uniform. I really enjoy that, and I really enjoy the score in this too. Like that that whistle or whatever they're using oh, yeah, that, yeah. that's like throughout the whole movie is great. It really kind of sets you up for like what you're going to be going into. Uh, you're going to be within the like first ten minutes. There's so many killings; it's ridiculous, mm-hmm. and um, I, I really feel bad for um, some of the people too. Because like, what the fuck did they do? But um, as he's getting ready, you can see um, right in the um, in his name, his nameplate that says Cordell. So it's like kind of like the movie's already telling you like who it is, yeah, like who this killer is um, before you even know what's going to happen. You think that maybe this guy is going to be like the the hero of the film or mm-hmm. something like that, you know? Um, but yeah, then we cut to a, a woman leaving um, like a bar, and uh, she's talking to some guys, and she's she's like, "Oh, I'm just going to go home." So she um, decides to just go home. This is late. Late at night, this is New York City, in a really scummy part of New York City. Excuse me. And um, she is walking down the street. You think something's going to happen. Nothing happens. And she walks a little bit more, and then her leg gets grabbed. And you're like, oh, shit, what's going to happen? The maniac cop. <laughs> yeah, but it's just two punks. Yeah. They're just trying to rob her. And, and um, tips. Yeah, she does. She does fight back for a good. She does, and I I like when uh, when they pick pick her up and she puts the, her legs. Like, oh yeah, on kicks the, off um, the bar, the railing. Yeah, that was really cool. I'm like, that's something. I don't even know if I would be able to think about. That yeah, right. <laughs> that kind of moment, and she was also wearing heels too. I think. Oh, so, I know. Like that's like I would have broken. Oh, something. Who's wearing heels working at a bar though? <laughs> yeah, it's what the '80s. I mean, make it look everybody had to look good. Um, but yeah, she manages to escape them, and then she goes to hide, and then they kind of play like a cat and mouse thing, where they're like, oh, maybe she's over here, but then she turns around, and we don't know who or what she sees, but we hear her say, officer, officer, and it's just this guy just 
shrouded in like shadow. You can see his outline. You can tell it's a cop because you see the hat and everything. Yo. Um, but this is not a friendly cop. No. And the, she has two witnesses. It's the people that were chasing her, and she runs up. She sees the guy. We, I guess, she sees his face. Us as a viewer don't see the face at all. We just see his outline and her face, and then she gets lifted up, like just like rag dolled, and then next snapped in like three different places. Ugh. It's like holy shit! And um, first five minutes. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's fucking nuts. Um, and then we kind of cut to the crime scene again, where the those boys are brought there by the cops, and they're like, "Oh, did you do this?" Blah 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 blah, and mm-hmm. uh, whatever. And, but the main thing is when we cut to the medical examiner's office and um, our boy Frank, a.k.a. Tom Atkins, is there with, um, what's that? he was with there with somebody else. I don't remember uh, who it was. Lovejoy, Officer Lovejoy. Is that who it is? I didn't catch his name, so if that's what or you captain, get captain, maybe. Yeah, yeah that's must have been the says. captain of the force or whatever. So um, they're both there, and the guy's like explaining, like, do you see this guy's, this girl's neck and like the handprints and stuff? Um, and they're like, you really think that two boys did this? And they're like, no, I really, I don't think so. I don't think so at all. Um, and then we kind of cut away from that, and then we go to the next night. I don't think I'm missing anything important in that, unless you're yeah. seeing anything else. Nope. So we cut to the next night, where it's um, a couple. We, I presume it's a couple. They're in a car. And... Um, they stop at a while well, they're driving, and then a red light just comes on. And they're like, hey, whoa, whoa, stop, stop, stop. And he's like, oh, shit, okay. And, and then, then they're like they sitting start, there. It's just suddenly they just start making out. Yeah. And like, a red light. Is this red light going to take forever? They're like, yeah, yeah, yeah whatever, <laughs> whatever. But um, then a. I just lost my spot. Oh, here we go. And then a police officer pulls up and like knocks on the window. Doesn't say anything. Just points his hand and and whatnot. And she's like, "Well, I think he wants you to go with him because he's like come out, like points to like come out." So he's in front of the car. She's still in the car, but the boyfriend or whoever it may be is out there. But the guy's facing away from the car, so you can't see his face because they had the the, the lights on. Mm-hmm. And so he orders the the kid to stand in front of him. And we're like, why? I guess he doesn't want anybody to see his face or, or whatnot, whatever's going on. But um, we see from her perspective, he, like, pulls out a dagger from his... Um, his billy club. Yeah, his billy club, which is kind of smart. That's such an right. like, easy way to sneak in a sharp weapon. Um, if there's any cops listening to this, please, please don't do that. <laughs> don't do that. But yeah, from his billy club, he takes that and he just like starts slicing at his face, oh. and then he like chucks him at the car. She's like, ah! <laughs> and then she just drives away and just leaves the body, just ditches. I mean, I would honestly do the same thing if I knew he, the guy was dead. Yeah, you know. But I was also thinking like she's swerving because there's blood, and the windshield is cracked the fuck. And I love blood... how she turned the wipers on too. Yeah, and she's like driving away. I'm expecting her to get. They crash into something, but nothing ever happens. Yeah, it just she... cuts to the next day. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it's it's fucking weird. So. <laughs> but then we uh, uh, and then we cut to the next morning. Yeah, go ahead. I'm gonna take it away from here. You can. Yep. Um. And uh, Frank goes to go see the police commissioner, um, Pike, uh, who's portrayed by Richard Rumtree. Um. And he goes to visit him at his office and, um. He uh he's trying to convince them to give all the policemen uh, mental tests, you know, and all yeah. that fun stuff to see, you know, because if there's really a maniac cop going around, I mean, like honestly, like with I mean, these killings and people are saying it's a cop. That's it only dead. makes sense if you ask me. But the fucking guy's like, no. Yeah, but I like, get literally. like, yeah. Uh, I guess it's, it's just, there's a lot of point of views um, around it, but like I, don't know, I think it would make sense. But we'll, let's put it in like in our real world right here. Say you or you knew somebody or you witnessed someone get yep. killed by a cop. Okay. Oh yeah. But you're hearing stories all week about at night people are being slaughtered by a cop. 
and uh, and like you know do like a news thing like they yep. come out and they say um or there's like an interview with them talking to somebody are you going to be giving the, uh, the your whole force like a mental test to make sure everybody's mentally fit and make sure that we can actually nail who this is and then the police um captain or whoever is just like no yeah i'm gonna be suspicious immediately like wouldn't you just be like what the fuck? Yeah, because I'm, I'm gonna assume they're hiding something immediately. Yeah, exactly. It's like, why would you deny that? This is you got to think of your community's like well-being, um, well-being, and like how other people are going to, uh, you know, perceive that and stuff. But definitely give them a fucking mental test. I mean, obviously, this is someone from in the forest telling someone from in the forest to do a mental test. This wasn't like yeah, like a, an interviewer or whatever doing it. But yeah, I, I think it's kind of bogus. But, um, anyway, yeah, he's at the, uh, police commissioner's office, and, um, he's trying to get him to, to take, all to take mental tests, and, uh, then, um, he tells Frank to keep it within the force, and, mm-hmm. um, you know, keep it quiet about all these killings, and basically threaten, blackmailed him by saying, um, you know, talk, bringing up the fact that he tried to shoot himself a few years back, which is fucked up. It's like, you gotta understand that, like, any line of work, especially when it comes to, um, stuff like this, say, like, in the military or whatever, Mm -hmm. that comes with, like, high stress, and you're, you're, oh, you get, like, no sleep at all, but you're, um, you have a partner that, you are um, assigned to, and you guys work together on cases and stuff, and you've been doing that for years, okay? But then your partner dies. And then, obviously, you're going through more depression, probably more than usual, yep. on top of everything else that you're having to deal with. Uh, so, of course, like, s- shit happens. I mean, he says that, oh, it, it just went off. Like, I understand, but... Like you gotta, you gotta give people some sort of slack. I mean, the guy is still there; he's still doing his job. Mm-hmm. Um, did you ever go and check on the guy? That's another thing. It's like, did you check on him? Did you make sure he was okay during his time? Yep. Did you offer him help, or are you just being an asshole? You know. Yeah. So that that kind of grinds my gears when he said that. Yeah, but um, yeah. So then we end up cutting to uh, that evening later, the same day. Yeah. And um. A man who's walking alone on the street um ends oh, up some random fucking dude yeah he's just like just walking down the street and ends up coming across um the maniac cop um who ends up uh sliming him up against a car and uh handcuffing him yeah. um before disabling him <laughs> he's like fucking running around yeah he's, he's trying to run with the ball he's handcuffed and ends up tripping and falling in some cement and then um like wet cement which why are they having cement drying like in the middle of it like did yeah. who's doing who's doing cement work that late There's, that's still also there wet. Was no like cones or any like caution tape anywhere just a wet patch of cement it's like somebody who was living there decided to dig up the the sidewalk and then redo it <laughs> in the middle of the night i'm gonna take this into my own hands yeah <laughs> oh my god <laughs> <laughs> um but anyway um a cop inevitably catches up with him and shoves his face in the wet cement to um suffocate him and that sucks and then we get to the morning after right um where they are jackhammering him out of the dried cement (laughs) the guy that's laying there in the fucking cement (laughs) oh there's also a quote before this when um i wanted to uh, say that i forgot was when um frank was talking to the commissioner the commissioner says to him you don't smile very much, and then Frank gets this, like, you know, being an asshole and just, like, smiles. <laughs> I like that. That There's a lot of really good quotes in this. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, that, that poor motherfucker who just got his face, like, shoved into cement, breathing that stuff in. Oh, I know, dude, right? and now, having it hardened. Oh, what a way to die. Right. Um, but anyways, um, after, you know, uh... The story gets out about this maniac cop, mm-hmm. um, for the you know that they're saying responsible for the past couple of murders. People all over New York, they're panicking and afraid of cops. I don't blame them. Um, and so some we end up going um into a part of New York where a woman's having trouble with a car, and a policeman ends up pulling up behind her and gets out he knocks on her door this bitch 
starts freaking out. She's like, you're not going to get me. You're not going to get me. <laughs> Pulls a handgun out of her purse without even rolling her window down. Shoots through the window and shoots this poor young cop yeah. right through the forehead. He was not the I mean, maniac cop. I mean, like, to I be honest, like, I would be... I would be petrified, too. But... Like, especially with, like, Frank talking to Gina and stuff. But and you're in a car. If he tries to pull... If you just pull a drive off, it, you know? Yeah, that is very, very true. Or just, like, lock it. And to be honest, you don't really need to roll down your window when a cop comes. But, I mean, like, it's it's etiquette to do that so you can see, like, hear what they're saying. And also yeah. to make, sure I'm not, make them not aggressive towards you and shit. But, um... Yeah, but yeah. the moment they make a move, you know, when you just and drive off. And daylight, the, the... Was there nobody else around? Like, what the hell? This is New York it City. Al- it also looked like she was in some kind of weird, like, industrial park. Yeah, it was too. a warehouse area. Yeah, but, like, also the broadcast was saying at night, this mm-hmm. was during the day, and it just cut to a Well, lady. I think that, yeah, uh, was the was the broadcast maybe talking about the cement dude? Oh, Because they maybe. were talking about how they were killed at night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but still, it's just but like yeah. fuck. I know. But like, if, if I had to put myself in that situation, I would definitely. I don't know if I would. If I had a gun or something on me, I wouldn't probably pull it out. I would probably just like if I knew unless I knew I was my in hand danger, in like wherever it go. is, and then just like talk and whatnot. And if like they were okay, then I would just back it off. Mm-hmm. But like, fuck. Yeah, it's it, that's crazy, but that's definitely something that probably would happen in like real world. Yeah. Somebody being too um, finicky, yeah, yeah. But yeah, freaking crazy shit. Mm-hmm. But anyways, um, while this is all happening, Jack, uh, Jack Forrest, um, he's getting ready and putting on his police uniform, um. He's getting ready, and his wife, Ellen, mm-hmm. um, are fighting about his job and the fact that he works nights all the time and that she, you know, he doesn't spend time with her. Um, but, um, and then that she's afraid that he's going to hurt her and is her, you know, or, sorry. <laughs> yeah, she's yeah, like, she, I, it's not, it's, what does she say? She says it's like. That she's afraid that he might hurt her in his sleep. Yeah, it's like it's not typical of me to be, or it's like not right for me to be afraid of my husband, but yeah. I am, or something along the lines like that. Yeah, and I'm not sure why, but yeah. yeah. Um, and also him going off like, well, you had you had a therapist, but also he was, he's kind of being an ass. Yeah, like this is Bruce Campbell being a fucking asshole, mm-hmm. like legit. Like she's trying to talk to you and just like rubbing it off, like, well, I go to work every day. You had a therapist. You could have told her. Oh, why didn't you tell her that you were afraid of your husband and you don't know why? Or like when even like when he's leaving, she's like, um, "Be safe" or something. He says, "You just like you." You tell me that, that every night. It's <laughs> like it's because she cares about you, and you're just like being a, an asshole. You guys are married. Uh, I mean, I guess he was also going through therapy. What they were going through together, because he's mm-hmm. later on couples therapy, but like. Still, like, holy fuck, man. <laughs> right. Like, this is... What a role for him to take. I know. You know? I like it, though. He he does it well. He plays an asshole very well. <sighs> but, uh, yeah, I can take it from here for a little bit if you want. Okay. So, yeah, she... Uh, he leaves, and then she gets a phone call um, of a woman talking to her. It's like, oh, he's leaving again? Oh, well, he's leaving at night, so he, he has to be the killer. He's the killer. He's out every night, and she's... And then um, his um, Jack's wife is like now having second guess. She gets dressed. She takes the gun that they said that she had, and then she follows Jack to like this motel. And then like that's if I was her and I saw that, I would be like automatically like obviously he's cheating. Yeah. I mean, I think she kind of already knew that, but she goes to the front desk. This is another thing. This would not happen if you go to the front desk and be like. I need a key to that door. Oh, yeah, right. oh there you go. <laughs> like, I, I need a key to that door. And he's like, Ugh. at first you think she's going into the room next to them. Because like, I thought maybe she was renting a room. Yeah. Or, or whatever to get to the next door to see what's going on. But as soon as she gets to the door, you, you already hear them fucking. Yeah. You, you hear them. <laughs> so she's like walking around like nothing's like, like something's happening. But she's like, oh, what could be happening? In here? <laughs> it's like, you can fucking hear it. So she goes into the next room, and then he's like, oh, f- uh, you weren't supposed to find out like this, or whatever the <laughs> fuck he says. And it's like, 
why did you follow me? Um, and then um, we find out that who, she, who he's sleeping with is another uh, police officer, uh, Teresa, which we get to know a lot more later on. Um, so they kind of like have her leave and she leaves and she's all like obviously upset. Um, I would be too. She knocks over a lamp and she's going home and we're like, oh, okay, I guess nothing else is going to happen. Nope. She gets fucking grabbed. Snatched up. Like literally kidnapped. And then we cut to the next day <laughs> with a, um, a maid, a housekeeper. Yeah, a housekeeper who's knocking on the door. Uh, housekeeping, blah, 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 opens up the door. Anybody here? And she sees like the lamps, like, oh, you must have had a, a, a <laughs> wild party. A wild party last night. What other mess did he make? <laughs> yeah. So she's uh, just walking around. Nothing, nothing else is really destroyed. Then she goes in the next room, and you get the. <gasps> and um, we see that his wife has been brutally, brutally slit at the neck. Oh, like a Chelsea smile. Like. Yeah, it's it's, it's crazy. Um, but the effects, another thing I have to say is that the the effects when they're used in this movie, because it's not like a lot of like bloodshed and stuff or like gory bits, but when it's shown on screen, it's very, very good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it, it just fucking sucks. Um, um, da -da -da. and now Jack is, um, I think at this point he's being... He's like during they're doing like some sort of I don't like talk or something in like the the a room I don't know yeah if he's at meeting. home um oh yeah so yeah. after yeah so. yeah at the at the station I don't know maybe a briefing of some sort oh yeah 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 but um then the um what Ripley I think his name is um, yep he comes like barging and he's like I need to see you Jack yeah. So they they go over and they start. He starts asking her, asking him questions, and Jack's like, "What's going on?" And he, Ripley's like, "Well, you, I got to tell you about your wife." He's like, "Oh, I thought she just went home last night." So he's like, "Your wife was murdered last night at a motel room." He's like, "Well, what?" He's like, "What?" I thought she went home last night. <laughs> right after, he's like, "So you admit to being there?" He's like, "Before we do anything else, man, I need to tell. I need to read you your rights." And now uh, Jack is in Jail. custody. Or custody, yeah. If you want to take it away for a little bit, Aaron. Yeah. By all means. All right. Um, yeah, so he, uh, Jack ends up admitting to being at the motel. Um, but Yeah. Um, so he ends up arresting him for the murder um, and holding him in an interrogation room mm -hmm. where um, Ripley and Frank show him a collection of Maniac Cop news articles, like news flavor clippings and yeah, that, his that his wife was <laughs> yeah, was um, keeping. Um, and, and they wrote read a page to him from her diary saying that she thinks Jack is the killer. Um, which he continues to deny the fa you know deny the fact, um, but refuse and refuse to answer any more questions. So, um, his lawyer comes barging in, um, like minutes later, and then uh, um, sorry, <laughs> I lost my breath for a second. Um, his lawyer's kind of an asshole. Yeah. At first, he's it's like, oh, you should just admit to it, but say that you don't remember doing the murders. It's like, what kind of fucking lawyer is this for a cop like you're just gonna like blatantly just pick you up to say you did it yep <laughs> what an asshole but then uh jack ends up telling him he has a witness who was with him um yeah. when she was murdered um but he wants to keep her out of it so he tells him that um uh, so Frank tells Captain Ripley that he doesn't not doesn't think that Jack is a maniac cop, but nope. um, he believes that Jack is protecting somebody. Yeah, it's being being set up or whatever. <laughs> but the slimeball Ripley refuses to accept this, <laughs> um, and tells Frank that he plots to charge Jack with all the killings. Oh, there's another really good quote here too at the end of it. It's, fucking am a cop. Who the fuck are you? <laughs> it's like I'm a fucking cop. <laughs> um. But then uh, Frank goes to visit Jack at a cell um, where he ends up admitting that he was with Theresa Mallory, mm -hmm. who was the lady cop. Yeah. But uh, meanwhile, Theresa, um, she's revealed to be a vice cop um, and 
is posing undercover as a prostitute where she ends up getting attacked by the Minigat cop. Yeah, like, this scene, um, I really do enjoy. Um, I'm also really confused as to how fucking Frank... I mean, I guess they must post, like, which area that they're at that night, I would imagine. So, like, so yeah, if there's something going on, so she calls back up, they know what oh, they yeah, are. Oh, yeah, they definitely have something. But, um... Chart. Yeah, they he shows up there so fucking fast. And why would she go down a being a cop? Why the fuck is she going down an alley? Unless her car was right there, but I didn't see any cars. Yeah. She's going down this dark ass alley, just walk along the street. Unless you're really trying to like Oh well she was yeah, because she was following um that chick, right? Oh no, that was later on Frank's following. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. right. So yeah, she um Gets approached by by um our maniac cop. Yep. And she's trying to say like, hey, 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 like I'm one of you. Um, I'm on duty tonight. I'll, I'll, let me show you a badge. She shows him the badge, and she starts freaking out. And then she gets grabbed. But then um, I think Frank hears the, the screams or maybe the she gun shot. shots. Yeah. Yeah, because she takes out the gun, and then he comes around, and they literally unload on this motherfucker. And she's like, I shot him, like, twice in the head. Yep. And this guy is still alive. Like, that is scary as shit. Because as a viewer, you're probably thinking, oh, he's just using a bulletproof vest. But you see him getting shot in the face, and he's still yeah completely fine. Like, that's scary. Uh... But so then he gets away. And they end up going to a local bar. Yeah. Um, to talk about what's going on with Jack and... uh. Risa says that the only person she told about her and Jack was Sally Nolan, who was a crippled middle-aged policewoman who works in the clerical room at the um, department. Uh, yep. So Frank ends up going to visit her um, and kind of like uh, sweet talk her um, to kind of get to know her, to get more information from her. Um, Being the, the detective that he is. Yeah. Um, so... Um, but yeah, so he goes there to talk to her where he ends up telling her about Teresa, uh, uh, Teresa being attacked because she was a mutual friend of the two. Um, so she was like, oh, that's a shame, but you know, he's okay. She's okay. Blah, blah, blah. Um, yeah, so. you can also kind of, you can immediately tell there's something off with yeah. her. Cause like, she, was she there doesn't so look late. at him at all either. And yeah. she's kind of very blunt and straight to the point. Uh, yeah, like, off the bat, I don't like her. Yeah. But, um, so, later, Frank ends up following Teresa in his car to a local pier. Um, Sally. Or Sally, sorry. Okay. Um. That's a lot of, uh, girls. Yeah. (laughs) Um, where, um, she ends up, uh, where, sorry, where he watches her talk to, um, uh, an unknown figure. Yeah, I think at this point, I it's think he says Matt. So now Matt, that yeah, who she refers to as Matt or yeah. Matt Cordell. Um, but anyway, yeah. So, oops, sorry, I lost my spot. Um, but yeah, so she tells him about Jack being arrested and that, um, you know, he needs to stop killing. That yeah. Jack will be blamed and he'll get arrested and charged for all the killings. Um. And then once they let that guard down, that they'll um, attack the mayor and the commissioner, yeah. which is the plan all along. Yeah. Um, but nobody Pretty obviously, yeah, which obviously nobody believes Frank. But um, anyways, um, but yeah, um, uh, anyways, uh, the mayor, you know, the mayor and the commissioner were responsible for Matt going to jail in the first place. Yeah. So he's out for, this is a revenge story. <laughs> yeah, literally, but taken upon people that, that don't, don't deserve really it, that have nothing, it, yeah. That are completely outside of anything that happened. It's, yep. just, uh, it's just working in his favor, just in a very bad way yeah. for other people. I feel bad for everybody involved. People being killed for no reason, like that random guy. Like, I'm just gonna kill you with cement. Yeah, right. <laughs> what the fuck did that guy do? <laughs> so yeah, she tries to convince him though to you know stop killing and all that. But so then um, 
Frank's watching them and ends up uh, knocking some wood over. She opens fire, starts shooting at him. She's like, who's there? Who's there? And then a perfectly timed cat comes by and meows and he ends up escaping. And she's like, oh, I guess I'm just panicking. And the maniac cop vanished. Yeah. At, at this point, you think, oh, the chase. Yeah. Right. No, no chase. He just hides. But, um, yeah, so he ends up driving away and, um... Going to see Clancy in the records department. This guy. <laughs> um, so he ends up uh, going to reading some old newspaper clippings um, about a police name named Matt Cordell, um, who was uh, thrown into prison for violation of people's rights. Um, and uh, so Clancy told Frank that he has been dead for over 10 years. He's been known to be trigger happy and um, his girlfriend was Sally Noland um, that she had committed or attempted to commit suicide by jumping out of window, yeah, therefore crippled. crippling herself. That's, oh, that's uh, awful. Right. But like, we even like, um, you know, we get to know a little bit later on that like a lot of stuff that, that Clancy was saying wasn't actually anything that happened that he was just kind of forced into that because the higher ups and yeah. everybody didn't, I guess, didn't like him. Yeah. Which is kind of fucked. I guess he was like a, a really good, really He was good like cop. a respected cop, but he had little regard for the rules of the force. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then we uh, get the very iconic scene that's coming up now is when Matt is just laying underneath wherever the fuck he was on the pier. Oh, yeah. And we get that flashback. And you get the music and everything. Mm-hmm. I, I love the music in this film. It's not so over the over the top. It's it's perfect for like what it does. It, it, yeah, and when it's used, yeah. Yeah. Um. So we get like kind of like flashbacks of like kind of what he was before, and then um, where he was brought to that kind of made his demise is when he was in the prison. You can tell that they put him in a block where it's all the people that he put away. Because they're all just, like, looking at him like... Oh, Give him that look, like... Piece of shit, I'm gonna fucking get you. Yep. And whatnot. And then we cut to him being in the shower by himself. And then they just roll up in there. He's he's fighting very well, too. Like, he's he's holding his ground. He's... Fu- this guy's big. Yeah. He's big. Like, you don't want to fuck with him. But um, they kind of, you know... Overpower him, strengthen numbers, and shank him. Yeah. All it takes is one shank. Yeah. And then he's down, and them they just see them cutting up his face, and um, that's like kind of what he looks like now because we start to see more of his face after we get this flashback. Yeah. Um, and then uh, then yeah, uh, Teresa and Frank go to Jack, who is still being in like the interrogation room, being held there. And they they relieve somebody else in the room. They're like, oh, we're just gonna we're gonna talk to them, and um, they start to tell Jack that it's Cordell. He's he's back, um, and we have a I have an interview with the um the coroner who you know did the autopsy on him in the prison, and I have to do that tomorrow morning. And this is like what forty minutes into the movie. There's a lot that happens in this movie, but. Yeah. I kind of wanted the movie to be a little bit longer. A little bit, honest. yeah. It's only like an hour and 25, but this is when things start really picking up. And it happens a little later. But it's it's all good because they really do bring all the story together. They don't really leave anything loose. I, I like that a lot about um, Cohen films is that like nothing is really left out of the equation. Everything is kind of covered. Yeah. And you can, you can understand the story very easily you know it's not so much like thought power Mm -hmm. but um yeah so frank leaves uh teresa with with jack and he's like okay i gotta i gotta go do this other thing in the other room so he goes into the room where um sally is and he's just kind of sneaking and he goes over to the computer and he sees um on the screen it says maniac cop oh my god dude i did it on my notes again i put maniac cop (laughs) wow (laughs) so um he does that, and he's also, like, looking through her purse and finds a glove, which we saw her take off of Matt earlier mm-hmm. when he was, like, looking at her. So he's got that. So he's got, got the connection. He knows where he's on. But fucking Sally comes out of nowhere and starts beating him with the, <laughs> the, with the, the crutch. And he's like, you know, he knows I'm no, I'm no good to him. And 
now he's going to come after me because he, now he knows that he can't trust me like, and that I'm no good to him and whatnot. And he, she's like, I love him. Um, I'm not afraid to die, but I'm afraid to be killed by him or mm-hmm. stuff like that and, and whatnot. And they walk over to a window or a door that has the glass on it. And he just punches through it and grabs her and starts beating the fuck out of her, holds her down. And also Frank is like firing but in the other room, we also have the the Jack and um, Teresa. Mm-hmm. And they're like, "What the fuck's going on?" So she goes to try to open up the door. Um, the, no one's answering the door. So then she eventually opens it, and then see the cop hanging there. And she's like, "What the fuck?" And then also another one like on the um the bars in front. And it's like, "Why didn't you open up the door?" And they're dead. And then Frank's like, "Oh my god!" Well, Jack's <laughs> like, "What the fuck is going on?" So he grabs a gun, and she's like. You don't want them to see you with that because they're going to think you did all this. Mm-hmm. He's like, I'm not even worried about me. And then Frank's in the other room literally fighting for his life. At this moment, we can kind of presume that Sally's dead because he beat the crap out of her. But Frank's holding up his own. Um, and then we cut back to um, Jack and Teresa. And Jack's like, who'd you come with? Uh, and, and whatnot. He's like, well, I was with uh, Frank. And she's like, he's like, okay, just go to her car. Go to his car. To stay there, and I'll, I'll come out with, with Frank, and we'll get all this over with. And then she goes down to the car. Um, I think Jack meets up with some other cops and tells them to, um, uh, to kind of leave him alone. And I have a quote here that's really good. And he tells them to like stay down. And he's like, I didn't do it. And then the guy is like, Are we gonna go after him? He says, Hey, he says, uh, Hey man, are we gonna go after him? He said. He heard him. He didn't do it. And it's like, <laughs> so that's, that's a pretty good one. Um, so that's, that, I think that's like after the fact, but before that we get, um, Frank being thrown out a window yep. and lands on the fucking car. <laughs> Awful. And then I guess Matt just escapes and doesn't bump into anybody. Yeah. At right. all. This is nobody this, sees this like seven foot tall fucking yeah, giant. It, it's crazy. And and I think going around killing people. The next day, like nothing happened. They just head over to the the prison, and then they start um talking to the uh, medical examiner there, and then we find out that uh the guy knew all along that he wasn't dead, but Sally convinced him to let him go because he thought that he had uh brain damage and like he couldn't do anything. He was like literally brain dead. Um, and they're like, well. So you just you still signed the the fucking death certificate? He's like, yeah, well, like you thought that he was brain dead, so we just let him go. And she convinced me it was okay. It's like, but you're also a doctor. Yeah, you're supposed to know what. And you're in a prison. Like, how how does any of this even work in a logical sense? You have a dude who is still alive, surrounded everywhere in this building. How are you able to transport him out? Unless you said that he was dead and just put him in the casket and just fucking handed it to her, I'm guessing. Mm. It's maybe what happened, like, outside uh, of the prison. Yeah. It's it's crazy. So, yeah, we get, like, a flashback of um, him, like, examining him and sees that his he still has a heartbeat, but he, like, quite, like puts his hand into a fist. And he's, like, giving him, like, CPR, yep. but not really CPR. He's just, like, pounding on the chest. <laughs> and he heard the heartbeat going more and more. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's just, like, dude. You're awful at your job. <laughs> like I don't, I don't know how you could have let that that slide. And I mean, I I understand like his reasoning because it's like they would have just put him back in there where he would have actually fucking died. Yeah. But bringing him outside and kind of I guess letting him have sort of a life, even though he's quote unquote brain dead, but he's also like super fucking strong and is killing everybody right now. <laughs> is um is crazy. Um. Hmm. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Go ahead if you want. I don't even know where I am. Oh. Oh yeah. We also get a really cool Sam Raimi cameo. If you if you didn't realize that. Oh really? Yeah. Huh. You, you didn't know. No. That? He's the um at the parade. He's the guy who's who's talking. Oh at, yeah. Yeah. That's that's Sam Raimi. So. Okay. Bruce and Sam are together forever. Huh. Um. Anyway, so that same day, um, the day of the St. Patrick's Day parade. Um, Jack is outside waiting in Frank's car, and mm-hmm. Teresa goes to the police headquarters to warn the commissioner that Cordell is coming after him. 
and she ends up making her way to his office where she tells him who she thinks the real maniac cop is but him and ripley believe that she helped with jack escape you know help jack escape and that um yeah. they and they just straight up refuse to believe her um but it's uh um so at this point you like you know they're in on it the whole time you know yeah but it's like also at the same at the same time if someone were to come up to you and say that a dead man was doing all this and like you mm. you it's going to be know, hard to believe yeah you know that she was part of this whole scheme um regardless and that you had the guy over there and he escaped would would you believe her or would you have that doubt and just be like no it was you guys like i don't give a fuck yeah i don't know like that's that's a really tough one unless they no, there's no way they would have known that he was still alive. I don't think so. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess either way, it's, it's kind of shitty. Mm-hmm. But, anyways, um, uh, excuse me, sorry. Um, uh, then a policeman ends up arriving in the office to arrest her while they end up leaving to go to the parade, um, but end up getting murdered by the maniac cop. Oh, well, so that guy's a fucking in the elevator. nasty fucking cop who's like saying, oh, we're in the office alone. <laughs> wink, wink. Oh, yeah. And then you get that perverted cop um, who arrested okay. her. Yeah. Um, you'll see, When you watch the movie, you'll see. But... Um, it also sucks like she's like handcuffed to him, too. Yeah, yeah I know, right? Dead, so she's like literally dragging dead weight. Oh, I know. Ugh. <sighs> Yeah, sucks. But um, anyway, she ends up uh, uncuffing herself and climbs out onto a ledge where Jack sees her. Um, and then a group of policemen end up seeing Jack. Like, hey, um, isn't that Forrest? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's, that's like a lady on the ledge and shit going on. The maniac cops right there, but their focus is just all of them one going dude. after this one dude. It's like, leave the poor man alone, man. <laughs> um, but so they're getting up on him, and then um, they end up throwing him into a police van. Um, and uh, where they don't realize, though, that Matt's there and ends up pulling the driver out and driving away with Jack still locked in the back. You know what's also, like, really, like, the more I'm thinking about this right now, like, replaying this through my head, mm-hmm. there's so many. That's like a SWAT team right there, essentially, right? Yeah. This guy takes a dude, throws him out, takes the van, and they're all just like, shit. No, they're all just like, that's cool. Uh, Nobody does anything. Um, the only person that does something is when Teresa jumps in that car with the other. And then they're like, oh, we gotta get her. Yeah, but it's, it's <laughs> only that guy and her chasing him. But all the, the rest of the SWAT team are just like, I don't get paid right, for this shit. <laughs> whatever. I, I guess that's fine. We can just let this dude take him it's just like oh oh yeah i wrote down here epic driving (laughs) it's a pretty long like driving scene yeah i I enjoy it a lot it kind of like eases your your mind Mm -hmm. a little bit and it's also kind of funny with how so many people are driving yeah but yeah so you get that like nice driving scene um with a little bit of a chase where Teresa is in a cop car with some other police officer and they end up going back to the same pier yep. where Matt and um Sally had met before. Um or, you know, his hideout. Yep. And um so he ends up pulling into his warehouse, um and s- grabs an axe and starts like bashing the door open. I feel like you could have just ripped those handles right off. Yeah, I know, right? Why not just open the fucking door? Um, but then Jack ends up uh trying to break out and but- burst through the doors. Um, but then uh, uh sorry, uh, Cordell ends up um grabbing him um and picks him up and throws him um at Teresa who has a shotgun um and uh. Sorry. Um, and then uh, he ends up, um, after they're both on the ground, he picks up a shotgun and um, ends up shooting the other cop as he's running in. Um, Final face reveal. Too. Yep. You finally get to see his face. The full dif- disfigured. Like, <laughs> his rotting teeth and all. <laughs> and he doesn't have a single line until the end of the movie either. And it's not even a line. Yeah, it's just, oh! <laughs> it'd be funny if they used what's that generic scream that they use on oh, the Wilhelm scream yeah if they just used that oh. <laughs> that would have been really funny actually but um 
So he ends up getting the gun, knocking the gun out of his hands, and um, gets punched um, in the face, I believe, or just gets punched by him. And then uh, when the police sirens uh, start getting closer, he ends up getting back into the van and yep. tries to drive away. Where Jack, he like fucking, he bolts it, he jumps in and catches up with the van. Hold on to um, your life, too. Yeah, right. Um, and it ends up, like, uh, hitting a tube that's sticking straight out and impaling Cordell right through the windshield, um, where you guys one line, ah! <laughs> um, but anyway, the truck, uh, with Cordell and Jack ends up flying off the end of the dock and crashing into the water, where a little while later, um, Jack and Teresa... Um, or, yeah, while Jack and Teresa were watching the, um, truck, the van get pulled from the water, um, to realize Cordell isn't inside, but underneath the water, um, not too far away, Cordell's hand comes out. Yeah, and then, that's the end of the movie, and you gotta watch the other two movies that are actually really good. This, this is a franchise that kind of just gets better as the movies go on. Yeah. I mean, like, I'm a sucker for, like, the first in every franchise or series or whatever it may be because I, I honestly think that they're always the best. But mm-hmm. this is kind of an, an exception where I think the sequel... Uh, the third, maybe not as much, but I think the sequel definitely kind of outdoes this one. Yeah. Just because this, the story, I feel like... It's kind of the same thing, but not really. Um, there's a lot more twists. Uh, the actors are in it are really good. Um, Bruce Campbell's in it um, as well, so he kind of carries over. Yeah. Uh, but the third movie, you could probably skip. But if you want to be a completionist, you can watch the third one. And they're all on Shudder, by the way. So um, if you wanted to watch this and you don't have Shudder, go get Shudder. It's six ninety nine a month for, like, a shit ton of horror and they're always updating and Joe Bob's on there, which she also did. Um, I think a special on this. Mm-hmm. So if you wanted to watch it again with even more information, yeah, Joe Bob's go, to go to go watch Joe Bob. Cause I mean like that man, the way he does research and everything and all the ins and outs that he has with all his people in the industry, it's something like Aaron and I could never fucking top. <laughs> yeah, but we do. We try our best. We we really do. We we use all of our tools, and do as much as we can. But also at the end of the day, it's kind of just our opinion on everything. I love this movie. Yeah, no, um, it's... it's super fun. Uh, it it is cheesy. It's an eighties cheese slasher. Um, who, uh, I guess you can kind of do a, a who done it maybe because you sort don't of, yeah, really they, know, like... but you do know. Yeah, it's the people in the movie who don't know, but us as the viewer do know. So it's kind of like a who done it for the people in the movie. Yeah, um, it's a very uh, you know kind of shut off your brain in this watch movie. Yeah. So if you if you like those kinds of movies and you're just having like a low night and you just wanna just relax and just watch grab something. some ice cream or some shit and just watch a movie that's it's not really scary um it does have its moments where it's gory it can can be kind of scary um the music can kind of entice some fear into you um but yeah i love this film i would have to give this um i'm a sucker for larry cohen films i'm gonna give this like an an 8 out of 10 and also like the cast is just super good everybody in it does an amazing job Teresa, i mean her scream at some points i'm just like yeah, I don't know, but it, it definitely works for like what's going on mm-hmm. and to make it feel more realistic. But uh, what about you, Aaron? Um, it's a good, straightforward movie. Um, mm-hmm. you know, with a fun plot. Mm-hmm. It's you know very relatable. Yeah, to this day. Like, yeah, I feel like this is a movie that, regardless of time, I think it's always going to be something that someone can relate to. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just... not really a positive thing. But it is, you know, yeah. the unfortunate truth of life and shit, so. Yeah, but it's got some good dark comedy and, um, you know, influences in it and some satire. Mm-hmm. But um, I'll give it, I'll probably give it an 8 out of 10, too. 8 out of 10? Yeah. All right. Eight, we're both doing it 8 out of 10 blood splatters. All right. That's, 
That's really good. I wasn't expecting you to give it such a higher ranking. Yeah. I was expecting to give it like a seven or something, but yeah, okay. Yeah. It definitely deserves it. I mean, like we said, like Bruce and Tom, they literally like carry this whole movie. Yeah, film. like honestly, if they if it didn't have them, I probably wouldn't have rated this quite as high. But yeah. like you know, and also getting a Sam made it. cameo. Yeah, like I mean, come on, it's great. They should yeah. have had Sam get killed. Well, <laughs> right, they just had him come in as like a um, a deadite or something. Like, yeah, oh. <laughs> and just had like Bruce kill him. But yeah, we get right. some funny like Bruce Campbell isms at the end, with like his oh ah, so yeah, like, like, around like his face. Yep. Yeah, he's he's great. It's a great film. The chin. <laughs> yeah. Um. So I think that's probably it for this episode. Yeah. Um. So this was originally supposed to be out. Earlier this week, but considering yeah. the snowstorm yeah, the that we had, snowstorm, yeah. we had to postpone it. So sorry for the very very late um, episode, but you, we we're not going to miss a week. I promise, guys. It's just sometimes life happens, and we kind of have to schedule accordingly. And there might be slight delays, but yeah. But uh, next episode, we are doing my bloody Valentine, just in time for Valentine's Day, and then so romantic. After that, next weekend, um, the 12th, we are going to be having another special guest on that you guys have seen before, and I am super excited to introduce, have him back on the show, and I'm also doing another podcast with him, is Dean of the Dead. Woo! I can't wait to have Dean on. And also, he's coming to the States, guys. Aaron and I are going to meet this beautiful human in person in April of this year. I am so excited. Take him around, Trump Salem. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna give him everything uh, that he needs to be welcome to uh, the United States because he's never been here before. This is his first time coming to the U.S. So yeah. I'm gonna be getting him a gift basket and and whatnot. So I can't wait to meet him. But yeah, I think that's about it for this episode. Is there any uh, last remarks or anything you want to add, Aaron? No, I don't think so. All right, well, this was the Baron's Hideout Podcast. I was your host, Dustin. And I was your co-host, Aaron. And we will see you guys next time. Please, please check out Twisted Allure. Use our code. Use our code. If you use the link. Win. Yeah. If you use the link that we also have in there, it'll give you an additional 10% off. So, I mean, you'll get a total of 15% off if you use our code and the link. So, uh, be sure to do that. Goodbye. All right. Have a good one, guys.